Hi, everyone. Welcome to Capital Stories. In this podcast, we talk to real people about real issues in our community. And as we find these intersections of life and faith, we hope to encourage you in your own walk with Jesus. Today, in our very first episode, I'm excited to introduce your ears to our friend Michelle Hicks. We had this conversation in March, so it was almost one year after the pandemic began, and Michelle has such an extraordinary story of her journey with God that kind of went on this fast-forward track the last couple of years. And Michelle was faced with a series of pretty big life decisions in a short succession, starting even before the whole world turned upside down in 2020. So we hope that her story will give you a couple of nuggets of wisdom and be especially encouraging for anyone out there who might be in that tension of feeling stuck in something, but also this spark of anticipation. Anyone who might feel like, oh, I know I need to go and do the thing, but that's also kind of scary. With that, sit back and enjoy. So welcome. Thank you for bringing your story to Capital Stories. Thanks for having me. So let's just start. Absolutely. So again, I'm Michelle Hicks. Um, I'm known as a nurse. That is who I want to be known as. That's that's who I am. But I'm also um, new to faith. I was a non-believer for a long time. Um, And even when I became a nurse in 2011, um, I was an ER nurse. And I've seen a lot. Um, and I've lived a lot. Um, I went through a pretty traumatic breakup in 2013 that brought me to my knees and brought me to my faith. Um, in 2016, I accepted Christ in my life. I got baptized, and it's been forward since. He has guided me through some crazy times, through the ER especially. 20 years I was in the ER. I was an ER tech for 11 and then became a nurse and did adult uh, ER and then did pediatric ER. 20 years. Isn't it weird how time passes? It is. It I is. Because like I remember weird. my first day in the ER still. I remember starting my first IV. I remember her face. I do. Oh, really? Yeah. It was an old lady. And I was terrified because obviously the elderly are harder to get with IVs. And I was like, this is who you want me to do as my first patient? Is somebody old? It should be somebody young and healthy. But I did it, and, you know, we're moving forward (laughs) in my career. (laughs) And then I went to kids and loved it. But it was hard. It was really, it was hard. And my ER career also, it was a struggle with my faith. Because if you can imagine what you see, you see the worst. You see people at their lowest points. And you question faith a lot. You question God a lot. And I'm open and honest with that with God now. I, I talk to him about that. But back to my story, just real quick. Because you were um, in Texas. Texas, right. Okay. And this is kind of where the crazy calling started after I accepted Christ in my life. Mm-hmm. I felt a calling to move to Utah. Like literally? Literally. I've like ne- you're in Texas? Yeah. And you have this, and we'll underscore, that's not your story today, but we'll underscore yeah. the word traumatic experience that happened. Yes. And you were like, it's Utah? Utah. 
Really? Never even been here. I really, I honestly, I had to look on a Google map to see exactly where Utah is. I was like, is it, is it California? Is it Wyoming? Where is that you? happened to me too when I was in Massachusetts and I was like, how far west do I drive? Where like till I get to the ocean before the ocean, there's mountains. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Um, and I mean, my mom was even like, you've never been there. And I'm like, nope, but I hear it's pretty and I got a job. So I'm going. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that, and that was in 2000, 2018, February of 2018. I mean, that is just not that long ago. Yeah. I've been here three years now. The women's pastor from my church back home in Texas knew Capital and said, go check out Capital." Oh, that's wild. And I was like, okay, I need a church. Um, and that was the scariest thing, honestly, for me moving here because I was just so newly baptized. I did not trust myself. Um, and I was like, if I don't have a church community, I don't want to get lost again. Um, and I was, I, I still miss Irving Bible Church. Like, I still miss that church because I walked in on Valentine's Day of 2016 and I fell in love with God. Oh, wow. I, re- I really did. Wow. And then I got baptized that year. Um, and so I was really scared of leaving that community that church because I didn't think I would find it again. That's like a whole other topic, right? Though that no matter what, like church is important. Yeah. Okay. So you end up here. Yes. And um, start to build, build community um, here at Capitol. Talk to me about the decision that you made to participate in a mission trip. Well, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why I became a nurse is I wanted to do mission trips. Um, I want to serve the underserved. Uh, I want to be a bedside nurse holding patients' hands. Um, And so it's just an added bonus to my nursing career. And that's one thing that I fell in love with Capital is their mission work. And I needed somehow some way to get the funds and get to Africa. I wanted to do it. I wanted to go there. And think it was my first or second time in Capitol, I saw them talking about Eswatini and I was like, well, this has got to be my home. I mean, because that's what I have to do. That's what I want to do. And so I ended up going to Swazi in October of 19 with the team and my dream came true. Yeah. Well, let me back up for a second yeah. because you've now said a couple of times, you know, I was at this kind of crossroads um, and these, these crossroads sort of mark your, your journey. I mean, I suppose they mark all of our journeys, but we'll kind of use these as milestones as we go. But you had this moment in Texas of, I need to go to Utah. You had this feeling of, I need to go to Africa. Can you talk about how you discern that voice? You know, do you, those moments of like, I just, I just know, I know this isn't necessarily something I just want but I know this is something that I feel, we hear that word called, right? We hear that word associated with faith. I feel called to this and I feel called to that. And some people have baggage with that word and some people love that word, you know, but let's just use that word of I I feel deep down in just those like folds of my soul. Like this is, this is something I need to take steps toward. Talk to me about how you experience that. So you said the key word there, it's steps. I literally, with these supernatural mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. That's take, a weird word for people too, it right? Is. That word supernatural. Yeah, but it, it, it looks supernatural outside of this picture that I see. To me, it's normal. To me, it's safe. You know, I apply to the jobs. I get a call back. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's Tell me about your job. You know, tell me about your company and what you do. 
okay, I guess I'm moving to Utah. You know, I buy, the, I rent the U-Haul. I find an, a, pl- a place, a home. And I just, I take the baby steps. Swatini, I didn't know Capital was involved in that. I come to church because I'm looking for a church. I see the advertisement. It's something that I've wanted. I just, I feel like a little light with every little step just kind of clicks. And it's just like, okay, is this me? Is this me being selfish? Is, right, is we this, ask ourselves that. Yeah. You know, is this me? Is this God? Yes. Is there, you know, that's sometimes hard to hard to figure out. Right, right. right? Is this just, is there just stuff inside of me that's saying like, ooh, I want that. I still feel like I take the steps slowly. <laughs> and I think we can go into this. You know, I went to Swazi. Yeah, yeah. Let's come back up to there because now yeah. here we are in, you know, the fall of 2019 and... You go. I go. You go. And you find yourself there. Yeah. And I remember coming to the airport when you guys came back. You know, I've gone to the airport lots of times, watched people come down the escalator and, you know, tired because they've been on a plane for three million days is what it feels like. And and there you are. And I'm like, hey. And I was like, what's wrong with your face? Is there, what's happening with your face? And I said, I I told you, I'm going back. I'm going to be a missionary. Yeah. They right. need a nurse. Not like I'm going back on a, and I want to go back on another mission trip, but like the trajectory of my life has changed. Yeah. They need a nurse and I want to be that nurse and I want to go there and live there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but kind of walk me through a little bit of, of that shift because it wasn't this sort of, I need to process this. And that is not what we're saying, right? Just jump off all the, you know, things and just do it without thinking about it, without processing it. But it did seem like this was the a solid, no, no, this is, this is the plan. I think, and as time went on and you, and you kept taking the baby steps, it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to connect with the, with the missionary organization. I'm going to, you know, put the PowerPoint together. I'm going to start thinking about my job. I'm going to start thinking about these things. You felt you know, very clear about, I think we have those moments in our lives, right? That Jeremiah 29, 11, which, which most of us who, you know, kicked around the Bible for a while kind of know, right? Mm-hmm. There's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope. And if you, for right. I know the plans I have for you right. and that moment of, well, this is so great for, I know, I also know the plans you have for me, Lord. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is the direction that we're going in. Like what brought you, what happened I think, I mean, well, one, I was there and I felt it. I felt the energy. It felt right. And they they had a need and I had a want and it just, it fit. But also this was in October. Um, I wanted to wait to make a decision. I think I just said for a month or so to come back home and come down from the high of just being there and being involved in that, you know, just glamorous, if you will, thing. I'm going to be a right. missionary in Africa, you know, right? And save right. The, the idea world. of that, right? Yes, exactly. And be the Peace Corps nurse, <laughs> right? And, right? Right? Um, and just come down off that high and just really check in with myself. And I think I told them about a month or so, and then the holidays came in, and so then January. I mean, it was go time. I the interview process was ex- really extensive, um, and so these were again the baby steps. You know, I mean, yes, I was committed to this, but I still felt like I was taking baby steps. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't say yes, and I wasn't just on a plane. 
I was still being smart about it, taking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, a week after an interview and letting it sink in and mm. really praying about it, yeah. meditating on it and yeah. feeling it. Yeah. And it just kept, the steps just kept happening. It just kept, it was simple. It was just there. And then I think you also made smart decisions to surround yourself with people. Yes, talking who to people. Were, who you gave permission mm-hmm. to ask you difficult questions. Yes. Or who you gave permission to say, let's play this story out here for a minute. Right. You and your dog, Chloe, you're living in Africa. Can you get <laughs> Chloe to Africa? Yes. Right? I mean, there's, that there's was a people step. in your system. <laughs> there's people in your life that you gave permission to say, this isn't about you, you know, poking a hole in the balloon here. These are questions I need to be asking. Sometimes people see us, right? Better than we see ourselves. And I don't I don't love that when I have this great big idea and I've, I'm already like, I'm already at point Z and somebody wants to talk to me about like point F. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about point F. I am at Z. I'm at Z. Right? Yeah. And I'm happy at Z. Right. Don't be going to B and Q no. and whatever the heck else. <laughs> but those, those are important parts mm-hmm. of this process for you. Absolutely. Is, is it? having people around you. And yeah, being involved in that community. I mean, we we talked, I talked to a lot of people about, you know, what am I, my mom, you know, I, you know, and she supported me. I mean, I mean, I'm an only child. So she was terrified, but we talked about it. You know, I mean, it wasn't just, I'm on a plane and I'm gone, you know, and, you know, I started, it really started feeling real when I got my prayer cards. I have like, I think 500 of them in a closet now. Um, with a picture of me and my dog saying we're going to Africa. Chloe is my dog, by the way. Right, right, right. Um, she yep. is my fur child. Yes. She's 13 and she's my life. Yes. And she was going to go to Africa. Yes, she was going to go to Africa. Yeah. But to that point, and why the prayer cards are still in the closet. They're still in the closet. Is because we we took a took a kind of a hard left here. A really right? hard left, yeah. Well, step me through... The, the plans are in place. The train is moving. You're, we're making the stops here. We're just we're just following the prompts, the calls, the okay. I'm just going to kind of keep going and see how these these doors continue to open. Boom, COVID. Yeah, as an ER nurse, mm-hmm. COVID hits. This is a, a life changing event for everybody. Talk yeah. to me, sort of, about you're in you're in a major hospital. Yeah, we'll say that yeah. right. You're working in a major hospital, and kind of what what starts happening there. I think it was literally right about this time last year, where I was like, "This is this is different. This is different. I don't know what this is going to look like, but this is going to be a shift in my nursing career." Were you doing pediatrics or yes, you were in okay, yes, okay, and I was also very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. With that's, my job. That's part of this is you. I was very unhappy. Um, and yeah. because this was, this was who I was. And I said this in the beginning, you know, I'm an ER nurse um, and I don't know anything else. And it's easy, I think, sometimes to take our profession or take, and maybe that profession has to do with a skill Maybe that profession is a parent. Maybe that profession is something tangible, something intangible, but to sort of take that thing and say, this is who I am. And so it's hard to see beyond that because this is who I am. This is the thing I do. This is the thing that, you know, and and that I, an identity can so easily get wrapped up in that, right? Because for you, I remember it was, 
this is what I, this is where I feel, you know, there was, there was some, there was something there. There was something there that wasn't like unhealthy inside you, but it was like God wanted to work on that piece of your identity, I think. And trying to press through this, I'm really unhappy in this job. And there's, I mean, there's some of you out there that are listening that are feeling that, that are feeling, I'm in this job, but I have no choice. I'm in this situation, but there's just, I just can't even wrap my brain around how to do anything else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How to, how to do anything else. It's just so many steps, you know, ha ha ha, but really right. like yeah. so many steps to try to like get to another place. And what about finances? And what about the people I'm going to hurt if I leave? Yeah. And what about this? And what about that? And it's just easier to stay, but it's also kind of not. Yeah. Well, you know? and I mean, and let's look at the fact too that I mean, I moved to Utah. <laughs> oh, right. For the job. For the job. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, obviously the mountains and everything else, but the job still is the thing, the first step that I took that got me here. And I just, I also inside was struggling because I felt like I felt lost, <laughs> you know? And also I was, I had put myself in a really bad financial debt too. Mm -hmm. So there's another, yeah. right? There's another piece of, I have no choice. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't no just quit my career. I need this. I'm, I'm trying to bail myself out of, yeah. you know, debt now. Talk to me about how you ended up in um, New York City ER. Steps again, oh, steps, gosh, right? Working where I was absolutely miserable. Um, one day that the news was on, and the mayor, the governor I don't remember who it was was on TV, and this was his cry for help We need help, we need nurses, we need doctors, we were drowning, you know. And so I heard that call in the back and said, I'm going to New York. This is this is here, it is, I'm going, and so I reached out to the chief nursing officer at my hospital. I knew that she could make this happen. I looked at trying to, because again, we we need to be smart. We're still in debt. We're still trying to get out of that mess. Uh, you still have a home and a job and a dog. Mm. <laughs> um, you can't just go to New York. Right. These so, are the things we tell ourselves. Yes. So I reached out to her because we had- And sometimes they're a, good. Right. They I are. I just want to say that we, we do need to also, right. Okay, go Yeah. On. And so- um, because I looked at, do, can I leave it, take a leave of absence and then just go for like a month or two and come back? She said, we're sending a team. I'll put you on the list. So that was to take a deep breath. You're going to go help. Just breathe for a second. So that was just an emergency break of don't just quit your job. Because I was, I literally, my mom's like, that's not a good idea. And I was like, but it is. Right, right. <laughs> you, I'm you, at Z. Yes. I'm at Z people. Yeah. Not talking about Q. Yeah. Right. So again, it's that checking in with people, your community, you know, of don't just jump just yet, you know. And there was a couple of red lights there for me to say, okay, just breathe. And then all of a sudden, I got an email, and I was going, and then it was go time. I'm leaving in a week. Get your stuff together. I didn't even know if I was staying in a, a convention center. Do I take a sleeping bag? Do, do Am I in really? a hotel? I didn't know any of this until a few days before because it was happening for the institution, the hospital that I was working for so fast as well. They just needed to get people there, and they didn't know how. And so luckily, I ended up staying in a hotel and I didn't have to sleep in a convention center or anything. But I just, if anybody can remember what COVID was like back then, it was scary. Right. It was very scary. This is not a, there's not a lot of information about how it spreads or how to protect 
oneself. I mean, there's the obvious, you know, the whole suit, but tell us, paint that picture. And I, I say that gently of what that experience, all of a sudden there you were like in ground zero. Yeah. We, COVID. I, I remember when we landed, we landed at JFK and I've been to JFK. I've been to New York before and it was empty except for the, the airport workers clapping and greeting us and saying, thanks for coming. Um, and I was like, this is real. You know, and driving through New York, there was no traffic. I mean, we drove from JFK to Teaneck, New Jersey, and I think it took us, I don't remember, but it, there was no traffic. There was there was nobody. And it was zombie apocalypse feeling. It really was. And I was like, all right, maybe I took too many steps. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so unsettling it is it you is know? and I, i'm just gonna point out i think there are those moments when we do feel i know i'm doing the right thing but taking that moment to know it's okay to feel unsettled right and that's where my faith comes in i trust god i trust him you know i know he's not going to put me in a situation that i can't handle because he's already showed that and even if you are in a situation that feels like you can't handle it, he's with you. I think we, that's such an easy thing to forget. Yeah. And, and because it blows your mind. Right. A little bit. Because you have to go back to, he's with me. If you're, right? He's with, well, he's really? Is he with, yes. And you can't touch him, feel him, see him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's still hard. He's with me. Yeah. In this mm -hmm. right now. Always. So I don't have to keep breathing out of my shoulders. Right. Up and down. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, right? I can yes. like breathe a little lower yeah. and know I'm not alone. But so there you are, knowing yeah. you're not alone, but all of a sudden you're in, like you report to a hospital you've never been in before. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to take care of COVID patients. Yeah. And that's that's another aha moment, I think, when I was just like, I mean, our hospital orientation was, I think, six hours, where normally it's like two weeks. And then you have a six to eight week unit orientation and we had six hours i still <laughs> i still remember the chief nursing officer saying your only job is to keep them alive and that was terrifying obviously um because you don't want to fail but you're here to help and you also know the nurses and doctors are suffering. You know, my team, they're, they've been working because they had been about six weeks into this, working day and night, trying to take care of the load of people that were sick and just trying to save the lives as many as they could. And then, you know, they were losing their lives. Um. And some of them, it was too much. They were taking their own lives. And that was hard. That was hard to try to support that team because they were broken. Um, and I think it was also, it was hard because people still didn't believe this was real. And I think why it makes me so emotional is because people died that didn't need to die. And as a nurse, that feels like a lose, not a win. Because you want to save them all. <laughs> is there 
a moment, is there a story that you remember that, or, or that just sort of stands out to you, whether it's with somebody, a, a, a caregiver or a patient that was shifted also was one of those moments for you in your process? There was, so we had a little pod that we worked with. You, It was a nurse, me, um, a nurse that worked in the hospital but didn't do critical care necessarily, that knew the, the layout of the hospital that could get you the things that you needed, and then you had a doctor. So that was my little pod. And my nurse one night, had it was her first shift back from having COVID, and she was l- just thankful to be alive. Um, and we took a break and she asked me, she said, do you want me to walk you around? And I said, sure. And so she was walking me around, showing me the ICUs and the hospital and the layout. And she said, do you mind if we go past this one patient's room? She goes, I'm not because of HIPAA and I'm not going to ask any questions, but will you just walk with me? And I said, sure. And so we did. And she said, okay. And she stopped and stared and it was a patient on life support, obviously very sick, we just kept walking, and I said, do you mind if I ask who that was? And that was one of their world-known cardiothoracic surgeons that she worked with for numerous heart surgeries in the OR who had got COVID and was really sick and had a stroke. And she said, I just need him to be okay. And I just I just didn't want to walk past his room by myself. Um Two weeks later, the day I got on the plane, I saw on social media him um, walking out of the hospital, which was a miracle because he had a really bad stroke and he was older. Um, He was 60-ish, you know, Um, but it was just sad to see, you know, his art is retired and that was just really hard and but it was also good because it was a win but it didn't feel like a win yeah you know yeah what were your experiences of god in that no oh, he was there every day um i definitely before i left i had two people that i checked in with to make sure that i was okay um one is a nurse and knows the the medical stuff the medical lingo and could help me decipher medical things that I was going through, whatever it was that I was seeing. And then one was a believer that kept my faith grounded because there's a lot and there has been, and there will be a lot of my career. Why God? <laughs> Why? There is. Um, I, I struggle with that a lot. Questioning. But it kept me grounded. And then yoga. <laughs> my yoga mat. I took my yoga mat. I did. <laughs> and I did it every day. <laughs> um, you, you, It keeps me sane. It really does. And I also want to, because I know I'm really emotional about New York. It was the most amazing experience in my nursing career, though. You know, I mean, I know it's sad and it's still, the wound's fresh, obviously. Um, but man, what an experience for a nurse to go and help, you know, my fellow nurses across the country. Like, just so cool that we can do that, that we have that community. What a privilege. Yeah. I guess. Yes. You know, that's something in, yes. in the world, I think, of of compassion is, is it is such a privilege to care. 
such a privilege to let yourself feel. Such a privilege to let yourself be vulnerable. Such a privilege to care. It's also such a gift to be cared for. But what a privilege it is to to care. Um, and, and that would certainly, uh, and that theme was coming in your life in a way that you never would have expected. I want to mention that the word that's popping to my head, as you, as you were just talking a minute ago about just the wrestle with God in things that don't seem fair, theodicy, which is the word for how can God be good in the middle of pain and suffering? And that's just not something we're going to figure out, right? That's not something we're going to go, well, it is because. Um, and this is a theme. I think this is a theme of your, of your life, especially over the last, over the last few years, which is you, you said, yes, yes, I believe. Yeah. And I'm going to trust. And I'm going to trust him. But life with God does not add up. No. In fact, it gets even, all the little symbols of formulas get even less right with yeah, God. absolutely. But, the, but, the, but it becomes a more than. Even in that, man, this doesn't make sense. I believe in a good God. And yet I am seeing this bad that's beyond what I can even comprehend. But somehow, even though this, 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 this doesn't add up, this is just life with God doesn't add up, but it is more than. And I just hang on with him and believe that. And so you come back, right, wrestling with, with all of this, but um, also changed. Very changed. Changed yeah. in, this, in this appreciation for your profession, yeah, right in this appreciation for your vocation, yeah, right, your vocation that that has purpose. You fly home, you know, and what what's next? I, let's brace ourselves, and now it's time to work and figure out how to protect humans from this virus and work the front line, you know, um, in a job that I was still. Not super happy in. Not happy in, which so, was hard. <laughs> right, right, right. Because it gave you, it facilitated you the opportunity yeah. to do the thing you know you, you, you wanted to do, yeah. but was also kind of like sucking yeah. your soul out is how you kind of felt. Yeah. Like, this is just not, this is just not a good fit. So, so what happened then? Because there was another whole transition coming that yeah. you could never have expected no i mean again it's just it's the baby steps it's trusting it's praying i don't know if i've touched on that but yeah talk about that talk about that because this is this is also a practical yeah discipleship conversation yes, yes. right praying. this is just the practical here's life here's faith yeah we're going through every day whatever it's going to throw at us yeah how do we keep doing it in a way that keeps us connected yeah. to that vine to that source yeah to that core belief and trust. And just, I mean, really surrendering, praying. You know, I mean, I talked to a few people about it, but they they still, they can counsel me. They can keep my head on straight. They can wipe the tears. 
but they still can't tell me what to do, you know, because they nobody can help me in this moment. Or I've do got, the work of or keeping do the work. you connected. That's, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, I just kind of was like, well, I don't know, search. You know, there's not many ERs here. Where do I go? What do I do? Google search. And then I, I find a job <laughs> at a place that I actually, when I first moved here, drove to and begged them to volunteer. They didn't need me to volunteer. They didn't want me to volunteer. Really? They didn't need volunteers. No. Oh, they just didn't need volunteers no. then. That's okay. And I'm like, but I want to volunteer. No. Okay. Well, I got to serve somewhere. Can Are you sure? I mean, I think I went there three or four times. Really? And they just they just didn't <laughs> need it at that time. That's that's. And it popped I up say on my irony, Google search. We don't yeah. believe in coincidence. We believe in providence. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I read the job description and it was something I had whole bunch of words about nursing that I didn't know. It doesn't say ER nurse. <laughs> so what is this? I don't know. Let's just apply. Let's just do a step mm. and put my toe in the water and mm -hmm. just, I don't know. Let's see mm -hmm. what happens. It's a global pandemic. Healthcare is exploding and I'm trying to find a healthcare job. <laughs> Right. People don't have money. Hospitals don't have like, no, right? It's no. Just, it's, like, what are you doing? Right. Right. You have a secure job. And don't forget that little debt piece that's still lingering. I mean, I've been mm. chomping at it now. It's getting better. Mm. Again, this doesn't add up. No. Right? This just doesn't, this doesn't add up. But yet, deep down, you know, in the part of yourself. Something you know, that feels is surrendered. Right. That yeah. is in active prayer. That's, yeah. That's grounded into the mat. Right. Right. Of, of knowing. Yeah. And I keep my prayers very generic because I don't want to tell God what I want. You know, God, just help what, me. Yeah, what do you mean? What like, do you mean like I don't want to say, God, get me out of this job. Because is it the job or is it me? Mm. So what do you say? So I just say, God, just help me, guide me, show me, give me, I'm struggling. <laughs> I need you. You know, so I just, I feel like that's my prayer life. I don't want to tell him what to do, even though sometimes I do. I mean, let's mm. be real. Yes. Know? Right. Right. But That's just a natural thing. For the most part, when I'm in that place, when I'm just trying to do another step, just guide me, you know, and I'm going to trust you. And again, the place popped up and I applied and they called me right back because <laughs> they needed help. Fourth I street want to mention too that Fourth Street Clinic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was the Fourth Street Clinic. Then, you know, again, we're in a global pandemic, so there's no in-face interviews. So you don't get to feel the vibe of the people, the clinic. You don't, I mean, it's on the phone and it's so, and I'm like, God, I don't know if this is right. I don't, this is, this is a scary step. This is oof, the scariest step. Moving to Utah is easy. I can go back. I can rent a Utah or U-Haul. But this just was, I mean, again, it's fresh, it's new, and it was terrifying. And I even told them that I was scared. I mean, 20 years of being in an ER, and now I'm going to the Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 gig, working in a clinic, um, was With terrifying. a very different population. In a very different population, a population, honestly, that burned me out adult ER, honestly, why I went to pediatric ER. Um, it's a hard population to deal with. I mean, the homeless, they, they are struggling. They have problems and mental health or substance abuse or just they feel left, lost. Um, 
And then also let's talk about the fact that they're working in tents in a parking lot. That was I'm, your new ER. <laughs> that's my new That was your new job. ER, tent yeah. in a parking lot. Office. <laughs> yeah, in COVID. Yeah, I'm not wearing the cute little fig scrugs, scrubs in the, with my stethoscope and my TikTok videos in a hospital now. I'm in a parking lot. <laughs> At the peak of my nursing career. I mean, it's just... Yeah. After having just experienced what you did and you just knew. Yeah. And so I literally... Less I money. Less yeah, money. Less money. Um, I talked to one of my really good friends who's good with money, Dustin. Shout out to Dustin. Um, and he said, I mean, this is going to be a pay cut. And mind you, when I moved here from Texas, I took a pay cut. So we're, we're going backwards in right. life. And I'm right. mid-40s. <laughs> Um, and working more hours. I was working my Cush 312s and now I'm working, you know, 410s. And a whole other level of emotional, right? Weight. Yeah. Or experience. Yeah. Very different. I guess different. Different. You know, I, 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 I imagine just, just different. And so you did it. I did it. And here you, okay. And so how long now have you been working at the I started there the end of July. So about seven months. And I love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm thriving. I am just, I, I feel supported. I feel like I'm doing God's work. I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now because my patients tell me. And let me tell you, they don't hold anything back. Anything else you want to share with us just about your kind of journey with Jesus and now this shift into just being on the front lines of homelessness? You just have to love humans, period, end of story. I mean, there's this whole big round globe is full of hurting humans that need somebody to love them like Jesus loved. I think the other thing, too, is like, you know, as the world gets back to normal, whatever that is, we're all struggling. I mean, everybody is struggling and a lot of people hide it really well. And just to, when we start seeing smiles again and faces again, to make that eye contact with people because you don't know what people are going through. Well, I thank you for sharing your story today, Michelle. Thanks for having me here for yeah. the first one. That's pretty, <laughs> I know. pretty intense. <laughs> I thank you for sharing your story of a life with God that does not add up, but that in every single way has proven to be more than, especially even when it's been really hard. And that we can look back and see the things that God has prepared for you who love him. Thanks for listening. We've posted a few resources related to this episode on capitalstories.com. Also, if you liked what you heard today, three quick requests. First, subscribe. Second, if you have a story to tell, let us know on capitalstories.com. And third, if you'd like to support this project, consider making a donation at capitalchurch.com. Join us again in a couple of weeks for our next episode.